Very good to see everyone out this morning. I want to thank the uh, leadership here at Plainview for giving us this opportunity. Uh, we've been looking forward to it for quite a while. I see a lot of familiar faces of you kiddos, you young adults. Uh, and it's just a pleasure to see y'all take interest in your, uh, you want to go to heaven. And uh, it does my heart good to see that you've devoted the time to be here this morning. Uh, we're going to talk the next few mornings about choices, uh, the consequences of our choices, uh, how we calibrate those choices, how we look at the world. Uh, I will say that some of the material we'll cover will be uh, uh, stark. And I want to give uh, the parents here uh, the heads up that tomorrow we'll be speaking about some sensitive subjects uh, such as uh, drug use, uh, adultery. So if you, if you want to go ahead and talk to your kiddos or uh, just want to give you all the heads up on that. Because we want to talk about things that our kids face the things that, our, that the world puts out in front of our kids. Because you will be challenged. And some of you are already being challenged by the world. I know it started when I was, you know, pretty young. And uh, times have not changed in that challenge. There are a few things that you guys face that we didn't. Uh, you know, you've got immediate access to the internet and stuff like that. But we're going to address those things uh, start addressing those things tomorrow. <clears throat> I, uh, you know, growing up, my parents, uh, we had a, they taught me to pray before I went to sleep at night and remember God before I went to sleep, and, which is a, a great thing to do. But I'm going to tell you something that I found really, really helpful and I've started doing it several years ago, is first thing in the morning when I wake up, I try to remember God before I ever get out of bed. It starts my day off right. It gives me a good perspective to face the challenges of the day. John chapter 1 and, and uh, verse 1, I would just, and y'all may get tired of me saying this before the week's over, I would challenge you to remember God when you get up in the morning. It'll start your day off right. <clears throat> John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ, the Word. Now, all of you kids here have a lot of gifts. I've been around a bunch of you, and I know how blessed you are. What we need to understand is that all of those gifts come from our, our Father. James chapter 1 and 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor neither shadow of turning. Everything that we have that is good comes from God. 
My question to you as we start these studies is what are you going to do with those blessings? What are you going to do with them? Because there's going to be some decisions to be made. Pride. Proverbs 16 and 18, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You, when we speak of this pride, we're not talking about when your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your elders tell you, good job, I'm proud of you. That's not what we're talking about here. Because actually what we're telling you is we're happy. You have made us happy because you've done something good. You get up there and lead a song or you make good grades or you make a basket in the ball game. And we say we're proud of you. That's, that's kind of a misuse of the word. But what we're talking about when we're speaking of pride is a puffed up arrogance within oneself. You think more of yourself than you should. And at its root, pride says, I know better than God. Now, I know none of y'all have the uh, gall to say verbally, I know better than God, do you? Nobody would say that. But our actions speak louder than our words. Now, we're going to spend uh, quite a bit of time in Luke chapter 15. And uh, I know some of you kids from uh, Alec. Now, you, I pronounced it right, didn't I? It's not Alex. It's Alec. And uh, Gunner have been through part of this study before, but I think it's good for us to repeat these things and, and get them solid in our mind. Now, this uh, is Jesus Christ speaking. Many people refer to this as the parable of the prodigal son or the wasteful son. Uh, <clears throat> He starts off by saying, in verse 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now, the interesting thing about this uh, period of time is the tradition amongst the Israelites was upon the father's death, the elder son received two-thirds of his father's stuff. And the younger son received one-third. But I want you to notice what this young man's saying. He's saying, I want my stuff now. I want it now. I'm not going to wait till you die. What is that? Is that not the ultimate statement of pride? And I look back and think about the you, I know that everybody at one time or another has said when their mom told them to take out the trash or their dad told them to go mow the lawn, uh, you know, the old man don't know what he's talking about. I'll do that later. You know, that's a, that's a small example of pride. It basically says to the father, I know better than you what to do with my life. Not all the time but maybe just here and there. I'll pick and choose when I obey you. <clears throat> Going on in verse 13, 
And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. What's riotous living? I can picture the guy. He's partying. He's having a good time. He's in a far country. A far country. He's departed from his family. You can equate this with a person that's in the church, a young person that goes off to college, or maybe is in high school, and they make a choice to leave our... Take a, take a look around you at your friends here. They care about you, don't they? They're true friends. But this reminds me of someone who would leave those friends behind in preference for the world. For those friends that are cool, that the world says is cool. You know? So I picture this guy, he's the life of the party. He's got all these blessings that his father has given him. And he's taking them, and he's wasting them in this far country. He's wasting them upon people that are outside the faith. And he's doing wrong things, making bad choices with his blessings and on how to spend them. In verse 14, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He spent it all. There's no more blessings left. He's wasted them. In verse 15, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into the fields to feed the swine. He would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Now I'm going to ask you something. Where are all his friends at now? Where are all those buddies that he was running around with having a good time? You see, when he spent all, they're gone. They're not there. Do you know that in uh, Israel, there at that time, there was nothing filthier than a hog. Nothing filthier than a pig. And I don't know if any of y'all have been in a pig pen before. It's pretty nasty. We were down there at uh, Pearland about three years ago. And... I know there's a couple of young ladies that will remember this. For some reason, Sean Zeebach had the idea that we would take a bunch of pig slop and put it in a Tupperware dish to illustrate these points. So we went to one of the church ladies and we got some old rotten pig slop and put it in a Tupperware dish. Well, we challenged the kids to memorize verses every morning. You remember that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the young ladies there, she memorized the verse, I mean, perfectly. She won the prize. Gave her that Tupperware dish. Oh, man, you should have seen the look she gave me. Boy, she was upset. But she forgave me shortly thereafter. Uh, Mo... Uh, the point of that is don't always take Sean's advice when it comes to food and that type of stuff. But, 
You know, I know that you kids, y'all probably have not hit rock bottom yet. Some of you may have, I don't know. But some of the older folks here, they've been there before. It's not a pretty place. It's not a pretty place to be. And when we take our gifts and spend them in ways that's not intended by the Lord, the results are horrifying. And I'm going to tell you, until I was about 13 years old, I was sitting where you're at right now. My parents had me at every church service. Every time them doors opened, we were in the seats. I was a part of these little groups that we have here. Had a lot of fun with a lot of Christian people. You know? And I don't know... I know that you all have ideas about what you want to do with your lives. Some of you may want to be teachers, police officers, senators, congressmen, I don't know, doctors. I don't know what your aspirations are as far as a worldly job. But I'm going to tell you something. Mine was, man, I wanted to play middle linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. And I was good at football. And that's what caused me to stop coming to these meetings. Because I chose to go to football camps instead of coming and being with Christian people. And that choice led to other choices. You see, the choice just doesn't stop. It leads you down a path. And you know, from the time that I was 12 or 13 years old, I, have, I didn't start coming back to these youth meetings until I was in my 40s. That's that drought, that desert. You know, I took my gifts. I went to college and had a college football scholarship. After a couple of years, I was getting interest from the professional scouts. But you know what I was doing at the same time? I was starting to participate in other things that were not according to God's will. Alcohol, running around with the wrong people, because that was popular. That was a popular thing to do. And somewhere along that way, that pride completely blinded me completely blinded me. I stopped going to church. Oh, I still prayed at night. Because I thought that I could do whatever I wanted to do during the day as long as I could lay down at night and say, Dear God, please forgive me of my sins. Well, I'd be alright. Because if I died in my sleep, I'd go to heaven, right? That's not the way God works. Because when you're fully committed to doing things in the future and you're not turning from those things, there's no repentance in it. I'll tell you what, I realized my dream. I realized my dream for about that long. A few weeks before I was scheduled to go uh, to rookie minicamp, my dream ended, turned to dust behind that pride. I remember my grandfather asked me, 
<clears throat> I'd made the front page of the paper, which you guys, that would be the internet now. Nobody reads the paper anymore, but made the front page of the paper. My grandfather had had a stroke, and I'd had the trainer put red dukes on my forearm. And they'd caught me running in for a touchdown with that picture with red dukes on the side. So I cut it out and had it blown up. And I took it home to Grandpa. And he said, boy, I sure appreciate that. He said, but you ain't been living right. Now, how Grandpa knew, I don't know. Because he lived 350 miles away, but he knew. He said, you hadn't been going to church. You need to change. I came back for Christmas. He said, how are you doing? I lied straight to his face. I said, I'm doing better. I'm going to church. I ain't been one time. That series of bad decisions led to bad things after bad things after bad things. You know? And that pride blinded me. Culminating in some very bad things. I took a pistol from a county sheriff. And I was justly sent to prison 25 years and I was sitting right there in those seats y'all are sitting in right there and I sat there and I listened to a guy give a very similar talk to me and you know what I said in my mind that'll never happen to me there's no way I'll do that it's not going to happen I'm going to tell you something <clears throat> After several years in that hole where you couldn't touch nobody, totally separated. They opened a bean slot to stick your food in and feed you like an animal. And any time you get out of that cell, they cuff you hand and foot. My grandfather passed away. And that night, it hit me like a ton of rocks, what I had done. How I had wasted my life. I'd wasted those blessings. And I just wanted to kill myself. That's what I wanted. That's rock bottom. I remembered a scripture that a brother in Christ had actually it was a study he did with me on this Luke 15. And I grabbed that Bible and I hit my knees and I prayed, God, please forgive me. Uh, I don't want you guys to ever go through that. Verse 17. <clears throat> and when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. <clears throat> now, he came to himself. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. He had the pride knocked out of him. He had it knocked out of him. 
He came to himself and he remembered the goodness of his father's house. He remembered the blessings, the peace, the provision. He remembered all those good things, you see. Do you suppose that he remembered how bad he had hurt his father? I think he did. You see, because our sins not only affect us, they affect everyone around us. No matter how small you think that sin is, no matter how small that white lie is, it affects you and it affects others. Verse 18, I'll arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. James chapter 4 and verse 10, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. I tell you, humility, the world will tell you that it's not a good thing to be humble. Be prideful. Puff out your chest. Run your own world. Follow your own heart. You can't go wrong if you follow your own heart, right? Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. Now I want you to notice something. He didn't even, the father didn't even let him finish what he was going to say. Remember? Make me as one of your hired servants. Because the father knew his heart. He knew that he had been humbled. He had had a change. He had turned from those old ways. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. You know, <clears throat> when I decided to change, because it was either that or die, I had in my mind that the best thing to do would be when I was able to come back to church, just sit on the back pew and mind my own business. I didn't want to bother nobody. I didn't want to offend nobody by my past. I'm going to tell you something. That's not the way God works. The first time I came back to church was in Dallas, Texas. And I walked in there, and there was this big old fella about my size, bald-headed. I walked up, tried to shake his hand, and he embraced me in a hug. I didn't know him from Adam. When I tried to kind of halfway hug him back, I felt the pistol on his side. So I went, that, went to the pew and sat down with my cousin, and I asked her, I said, who is that guy? She said, well, that's Sean Hanley. He's a homicide detective for many years. Turns out he's a SWAT, SWAT sniper. After the service, I went up to him and I said, uh, Mr. Hanley, I just want to be up front with you. I, I don't know if you know me, 
know about me? He said, I know you. I know all about you. He said, you're my brother. You see, the church will forgive. And it will give you a way back. That's the nature of Christ. I'm going to talk about some lessons learned here. <clears throat> First of all, I want to talk about Galatians chapter 6. Okay? And I want to get this point across very clearly. God is not mocked. He is not mocked. And while we think that we can sit here and play three-card money with God, you know what three-card money is? Maybe a better illustration is shell. I have three shells, and I put a red ball under one of them, and I mix them up, and I tell you to guess which one it is. It's a trick. It's deception. We can't play three-card money with God. No matter how we think we can get away with things, there's a price to pay. God is not mocked. If we sow to the flesh, we will reap to the flesh. And I'll illustrate this to you. Do you think that a robber goes out and robs banks and five or ten years later he comes to his senses? Matter of fact, he robs banks and he accidentally, well, he purposely kills a person to get away. This person gets caught and goes to prison. Ten years later, he decides, I, I, I believe the word of God. I want to obey the gospel. I want to live right. And he does that. Does he get out of jail? There's a price to pay. You take an individual who drinks alcohol for 30 years, hard drinker. And he turns his life around through Jesus Christ. Do you think there's still not a price to pay? There's still a price. God's not mocked. <clears throat> I've got the best job in the world. I get to travel around, meet good people like you. <clears throat> You guys make that possible. It's a great life. Got a great family. Just become a grandpa. It's a good life. But I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> I've still got scars all over me. From here to there. <clears throat> physical symbols of things that I did like trophies for the wrong reasons for sin now those are physical scars right I got scars all over my hands my face because of, because of things that I did those are physical scars but I'm going to tell you something. 
I still to this day sometimes wake up and wonder where I'm at in the darkness of the night. I've been forgiven. There's a price to pay on this earth for sowing to the flesh. <clears throat> now, do you think just possibly with my influence as a young man that I could have done a lot of good? Just possibly. You think so? You think about all those young people that I was in contact with and because I wanted to be the man in the world's eyes, <clears throat> you think about all the young people. that followed my example. Where are they at? They're not in church. Some of them are dead. There's a price to pay. <clears throat> Colossians 1 and 13 who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. There is nothing better than forgiveness, and that forgiveness is what allows us to move on. We still have those memories because we sowed to the flesh. You youngsters, don't start that. You young men and women, if you've started it, stop it. It's a choice. It's an act of will. You can do it. If you ain't started, don't stop. Because there's a price to pay. 1 John 1 and 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, for some reason, at times in the past, especially when I was young, I thought that I could hide things from God and keep them from Him. He sees them all. There's freedom in confessing those things. It helps us overcome them. If you've got a problem, confess it to God. Confess it to your brother and sister. Ezekiel 36 and 26. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. You know, there's a young man in North Texas, not much older than y'all, but he's had a rough road of it. His parents weren't the best parents. Uh, he got started drinking early, smoking weed. Uh, but he came to the truth and gave his life to Christ. And uh, he's, he's been a member of the church for four years now, I believe. He called me about a year ago, and uh, he had some bad things happen in his life, and he turned to the alcohol again. And uh, he, said, uh, he said, I did this two days ago, and I haven't been able to sleep since. He said, I just keep thinking about this, this thing I did that was, was a sin. 
before he could do these things and not care, you see. But God has changed his heart. You just can't get away with those things anymore without being convicted. And I just told him, hit your knees. Hit your knees because God's given you a heart to know what's right and wrong and to turn from those things. <clears throat> Return to the Lord, Isaiah 55 and 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abu pardon abundantly. <clears throat> there is nothing that you have done that God will not forgive. He'll forgive it. There's nothing. I had a guy tell me uh, not too long ago that God couldn't forgive him because God, he just, all the stuff he had done, you don't know what all I've done. I asked him, I, I said, you, so you're worse than the Apostle Paul? So you've gone out and killed people and had them imprisoned? And, you see? That attitude about I can't be forgiven, all that is is pride. My sin's greater. It's too big for God to forgive. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Christ will change us. Matter of fact, you don't stay the same every day. You don't stay the same. You get worse or you get better. You become more like Christ or more like the world. And it's a conscious choice that we make each and every day. This is the Galatians 6 that we were talking about earlier. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap flesh, to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I'll just reiterate one more time. The things that you do affect you and everybody around you, good or bad. Now, <clears throat> what we've talked about today, it's not about me, it's not about these examples, it's about the power of the Word of God. And you have a choice each and every day whether you're going to let the Word of God work through you. It's a choice. Go ahead and get your songbooks out. Are we going to have an invitation song this morning? It's got uh, nothing, uh, nothing but the blood in it. Is that 902? Eight eight six. I want to tell you, <clears throat> as we wrap this thing up this morning, that uh, you guys have any questions for me? I'm an open book. 
I ain't got nothing to hide. If I can help you in any way, if I can study with you in any way, uh, I'm willing to do that. Because we're all trying to get to heaven. I'll end this by uh, telling you a little story. December 3rd and 4th, 2014, I sat and watched, uh, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with the Walls unit uh, down in Huntsville. <clears throat> it used to be the release point for all violent criminals in, uh, in Texas. Uh, and I think at that time the population was 160,000, something like that. They release about 100 people a day. Every single one of these dudes have been in there for most of them 20, 20 years or more. Nobody gets out from that point that's done less than 10 or 15. I mean, it's, they're long-timers, okay? I sat there, well, you know uh, those 55-gallon uh, trash barrels? Uh, they're oil barrels they use as trash barrels. They had these lined up, and I sat there for two days watching these guys pass these trash barrels and they were throwing the Bible in it. Over and over. Some of them throwing two and three Bibles in there. <clears throat> and I just thought to myself, the one thing that will change your life and you're throwing it away like garbage. It made me mad. Now, I know that none of you young people are that dis disrespectful, are you? You would never throw a Bible in the trash. You would never do that. I'm, I'm going to ask you, what have you done with it mentally? What have you done with it spiritually? Because that's what really matters. It's not about throwing that book in a trash can. It's about throwing that word in the trash with our, with our hearts and our minds. It's a mindset. Because by your choices, you can save yourself. You can stay vigilant. And you will never have to worry about going down any road like mine. You know, prison... The prison the idea we have a prison here in America that separates you from your family and your friends and things you want to do, that's not the real prison. I'm telling you, it's not the real prison. The real prison is being separated from God. Because when we're separated from God, I want you to imagine this. Total separation from God when it's all said and done. Do you know what that means? Even the meanest, wickedest criminal still enjoys the blessings of God on this earth. Total separation from God is absence from everything you love permanently. Every good thought, every good thing, that is total separation from God. And that's the result of pride. That's the final destination for that so I ask you as we move forward Marlon talked about this last night <clears throat> will you remember 
Will you remember your Creator? Will you choose to do that? Will you choose to grow in Christ and not remain a babe if you are a babe? Because just because you're young doesn't mean you have to stay a babe. You can be a mature Christian as a teenager. It can be done. But it takes work. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12 and 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you would like to obey the, the gospel this morning, we've got men that will help you and assist you in doing that, coming in contact with the blood of Christ, with the power of the word, to cleanse and forgive us of our sins. We can do that. If you fall and pray to bad choices, if you've been doing things you shouldn't be doing, we're not here to embarrass you. We're here to help in any way we can. If we can assist you in any way, please come forward as we stand and sing.